It's a squid. It's a crab. It's a Kenji Sahara. No, it's space amoeba. Now, I don't know if there was really any amoeba in this. True. Once Very again, true. we have been misled. Maybe the title Yog Monster from Space would have been a better title. It's so yeah. much more appropriate. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. This is definitely a scenario where we botched it again. We, we did that a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. It we happens. Did. It happens. A lot of false <laughs> advertising. Like I was real sad that this just wasn't like a gelatinous blob taking over the earth. Very true. Very true. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting <laughs> Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we are discussing Space Amoeba slash Yog Monster from Space. Yeah, it, I'm actually, Eric. and I'm Alex, and we will not be talking about Space Amoeba because there are none in this movie. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Uh, man, Alex, our last pick for our november patreon pick month yeah. um this was the one that was put to a vote by the rest of our patrons and this one came out on top but there were some great choices um yeah there we, were and our patrons let's know, just be honest with our patrons they failed us well i know they were supposed were to pick the lake the lake of dracula lake of dracula mm-hmm. i know you were hoping for lake of dracula to continue that series but <laughs> that's okay as i said we'll we'll come back to dracula I'm sure, uh, and we'll have other chances to uh, rediscover I, that trilogy. I felt the pull of Dracula. Like when he stares into your eyes and hypnotizes you, that is what I felt for mm. this trilogy. And everyone mm. let me down, except for the one good thing, Eric. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I want to get a little ahead of it, but th- th- this this isn't a bad movie. <laughs> no, it's, no it's, it's not. It's really not. Um, but yeah, we had some we had some great choices. This one came out on top. And, you know, it's appropriate. This is a a Honda film that we have yet to see. So I think we should jump right into it. Yeah, absolutely. So for our final November patron pick, we return for some more Honda with Space Amoeba. By now, Alex, we have watched over 20 Honda films for the show. And as much as we respect him as a director, we both know we've seen highs and lows Lows. from his filmography. (laughs) Where does Space Amoeba, or Yogg, Monster from Space, take its place in Honda's case? Mm. See, you know, we, we have seen some highs and lows. Um, and some of the lows for me weren't abysmal, but it wasn't until, you know, War of the Gargantuas that I was just like, I don't know if I like have the love for Honda that I used to. Um, but this was... <laughs> This was nice. You know, it, it, it's hard to place it. It's probably in the middle of the pack, maybe in the mm. lower third. But the lower third isn't so bad overall, really. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But this was a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, people don't talk about this one a whole lot. So I didn't know how people felt, and I still don't know how people felt. For some reason, I thought that people thought this was a really boring film. Mm-hmm. Um, but... There's definitely some stuff in here that I really liked, and it was refreshing to kind of go back to a Honda that I enjoyed after the last one kind of left such a bad taste. Like, 
that was like a Hyundai. Like that wasn't really a real Honda right back then, right? This is like the yeah. Honda Honda, right? This is Honda Honda. Uh, no, it's interesting, Alex. You said you said that um, you know after War of the Gargantuas, you weren't quite sure if you if you were liking Honda. Would would one film change your opinion of of the director? No, I think it's just the uh, there was a series of movies where it's just like okay, like we're we're kind of missing a little bit. Like I know people are fans of. Um, King Kong escapes, but mm-hmm. and there's things I like about it, but it's pretty. I think it's pretty weak um, yeah. overall. But it's not. It's not bad. And then there, mm-hmm. I, we've already talked about movies I don't like. I, I'm not a big um, yeah, oh, Monsters, Monsters Attack Monsters. fan. But I, but I see the merit in that one. But War of the Gargantuas, Monsters fan. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, I mean, we both kind of thought that was a little weak when we watched it back then, mm-hmm. back at least mm-hmm. originally. I think you it grew on you last time you saw it a little bit. Um, yeah. But War of the Gargantuas was the first time I had really seen a movie, and I was like, or not maybe not the first, but probably the second time I had seen one of his movies, and been like, I don't quite understand what other people see in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't, I'm not aiming it at you. Um, <laughs> but I just don't quite get it. And I would love to like hear why people like that one. Yeah. You know, for some reason, we're getting back into Gargantuous, Alex. You know, I have heard that Gargantuous is a Tarantino favorite. I wonder if that's true. Uh, I, you know, I question his taste now. <laughs> no, but, but he probably has a good reason, honestly. Yeah, I would love I to see his reason. The film that he grew up with, um, and that kind of scared him, which I can see that. Like, yeah. I do think War of the Gargantuas is a scary film. Um, as far as like what happens to some of the people in that movie and the monster design, I think it could be one of the scarier monster films of that era. Just not as enjoyable to me now when I'm desensitized to that scare. But, I could see that. I could see you seeing this movie as a kid and loving it. Yeah, absolutely. But returning to Space Amoeba, uh, I had a rather good time with this one. I mean, we get aliens and an island adventure story all together in one. So what's not to enjoy? We also get a stacked cast that I believe makes the most of the thin plot, which, yes, it is incredibly thin and convenient, which is my biggest gripe of the film. I mean, I'm cool with some coincidences. That happens. Every film has coincidences. But the coincidences stack up here from resourceful islanders to guns and gas to bats to that beginning where our main character just happens to catch a glimpse of the major plot point of the story when the rocket falls back to Earth and nobody believes him. Yeah, <laughs> Very convenient. Very convenient. Did the plot work for you? Uh, you know, the plot, it's, it's paper thin. And honestly, I think the characters are pretty paper thin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do actually remember more what happened to them than any of their personalities, really. We've got the guy whose friend got eaten in front of him. Uh, we've also got chief guy who yells, you will die. And a semi bad guy who is quickly a friend and then a foe and then in a volcano. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm not quite sure if these elements are really detractors, though, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, it would have been a better movie if they were really great characters, but it's this, that's not really a minus for me. I think the film is pretty serviceable as it is. Um, 
Which, you know, when you have the human versus monster stuff going on, I think it's okay for it to be that way because it is still fun. Oh, yeah. And I think it's the fun of this movie that is its biggest strength. But I would push back a little bit on the characters because, to me, I I had a pretty good time with them. And I think they did all have a personality beyond what happened to them. This was evident to me, I think, about 30 minutes into the film, after we had arrived at the island. The team is having a conflab of sorts, and each of these characters are revealing their purpose. We've seen their purpose, but now they're all coming to the surface. You know, Kudo wants adventure and to document something unbelievable. The doctor wants to find and study these monsters. Ayako wants to find a good story while getting to know Kudo. And Obata wants to figure out the best way to exploit this island for profit. (laughs) So really, you know, I was enjoying this film at the beginning and seeing how these characters were coming together because they did feel distinct. And I'm not meant, I didn't mention, uh, (laughs) I didn't mention poor, Rico was his name. I didn't mention poor Rico, Rico who shell-shocked and wakes up t- from his shell-shock <laughs> to a wedding <laughs> in which he is similarly shell-shocked. So like, is he shocked? Is he shocked by the monster or is he shocked that he's about to get married right now? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, each of these characters, they did have personalities to me. So really, I did enjoy this film um, from the beginning. Somewhere in the middle... It gets a little bit bogged down, I feel like. But then again, at the end, when we, we the the effects start to pick back up and the craziness that ensues in the final 30 minutes, I really enjoyed the beginning and the end of this film. I'm still wondering, though, is this a Honda film where he has something to say? Or is this just a good excuse for an island monster flick? Mm. That's a good question. And Eric, I don't know if it sounded like that for our listeners yet, but you sounded vaguely like a robot at the very end of that point. So now when the robots do take over, I know that you can do a robot voice um, oh, yeah. to prevent your enslavement. That's <laughs> uh, for your question. And honestly, I don't, I'm not even going to push back really on you about the uh, the characters because here's the vibe. Whenever I think about this movie like throughout the day today. Whenever I think about it, I think about another Godzilla movie that grew on me a lot um, over time. Do you have any idea which one I'm probably going to say? Hmm. Uh, I mean, the first one that came to mind was Ebra. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. <laughs> that This film gives me a lot of Ebra vibes, and that was a film that you and me both were like, eh, yeah, that was enjoyable. It was a fun flick. And then over time, like you and me have been come become staunch defenders of how wonderful oh, Ebra yeah. is. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a great. I mean, and it goes beyond the crab to lobster comparison. It does. It does. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the island setting too, and the the cast. I mean, they're not quite as wacky as Ebra, but it's still kind of on that level. I think their complexity is probably about the same level or yeah, yeah. around there. And so there's there's something really charming and fun about Ebra, just like this. Um, but yes. at, as as for your, I've gotten off track about your question, but you know, just kind of like the, the I kind of said that the the plot's kind of paper thin. I think the meaning here is pretty uh, absent as well. But you know, I don't think again that that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I, I think uh, Honda probably tried to an- do something that's interesting with 
war and got lost in the film. Um, whereas this, he just kind of has a good time. Like this feels like a uh, like a, a Jun Fukuda film. Like we're here to have that makes sense. fun. Yeah. Um, but since I answered that question so quickly, because I don't think like, there's much to really talk about on that point. Um, I haven't really talked about what I enjoyed in the film. Not mm-hmm. much, at least. I, I really like the way the humans fight against the monsters. Oh, yeah. It is uh, convenient the way they find certain things, but I like that they're using their brains instead of firepower for the most part to defeat these monsters. You know, there's little investigations, there's plans, there's all this, and there is no conquering with power because they don't have really much. And the battles between them are pretty fun, and their fights with the monsters are really snappy in terms of their pacing. So I don't feel like we're stuck there too long, uh, between the humans and the monsters, at least. So it's a fun, quick, good time. And I like that this creature has the possibility of spreading out from each monster that it inhabits. So it's like this almost, in theory, impossible thing to destroy. Now, I gave it some praise there, but this thing does have some issues. Uh... And that is that the final battle between the two monsters is too long. Mm-hmm. And it completely sidelines our characters who have been <laughs> front and center doing, during the rest of the monster battles. Uh-huh. And, and so it felt like a cheap way out of the film. Um, yeah. Because it's like, okay, here's what audiences expect. Monster battle that's really, really not interesting. Um uh- and I thought it was okay. Honestly. I think it starts I, out okay. Yeah. But I think by the end, well, I think it starts out great. I think the middle portion is bland. And then I think the fall into the volcano, like how they hang on to each other, is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. But the resolution <laughs> of that battle is contrived yeah. at best. Mm. It yeah. is so convenient. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty eye roll inducing, if we're being completely honest. It's like, oh my gosh, they had this yeah. entire island. And we're just going to slowly meander backwards all the way to the one spot that we can die together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is convenient. Once again, it is convenient. <laughs> no, but what impressed me about the battle really was just the design of the monsters. Um, I actually thought they're really detailed and pretty realistic looking. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the highlights are the mouth. Of the crab creature. It's so good. It's so good. Which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and then the neck of the turtle creature, which is just great. Mm-hmm. And then I we did we haven't talked about Mr. Octopus yet, but uh the squid. He's, I think he's closer to yeah, as I say, he's closer to squid. Yeah. Or you're getting ready squid. to get reamed. Oh man, well I, I I will. I'm sure Henry will correct me on on my uh, animal terminology. He's already texting me as as we say. Uh, <laughs> but the squid, I I also like the squid is more cartoonish than the other two, but something about it is fun and it fits the tone of the film. Whereas the other two, once the film tries to get a little bit more serious, they have more of a dark appeal, more of a realism to their designs. Uh, I like mm-hmm. all three, though. I think they're all three too. impressive. And I also thought the Kinji Sahara suit was really impressive as well. Um, that was yeah. that was probably the most realistic of, of the four monsters. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I couldn't <laughs> believe the effects on that one. 
<laughs> but I'm with you, though. Like, as far as the message is concerned, I don't think this film has anything subtle to say beyond some of the usual Honda-isms, which, honestly, I'm a sucker for, don't get me wrong, but they aren't necessarily profound. So we've got some sort of anti-capitalism or maybe anti-exploitation message, um, you know, through Obata's character. But what is interesting about that message is the redemption for that character. I wouldn't write Obata's character off so quickly. I actually think there's something to that moment. Ayako appeals to his humanity, and it's the underlying humanity underneath the alien and the societal monster that finds its way to the ultimate sacrifice. There is something pretty cool about his turn at the end, too, when you just see him in his white suit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a great shot. It didn't quite make my, oh, that's a good shot award. But after he has um, let the bats out of the cave and he's going to walk towards the monsters, there's a fantastic shot where Zahara is placed right in the middle of the frame in his white suit and you just see the monsters in the background and you know he's just about to walk towards them um, to try to help in some way uh, in this problem. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I, I actually like that moment with him because it does add a layer of complexity. It doesn't make him this one note character. Um, so it adds a little bit of a layer to the message as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did like the ultimate sacrifice at the end. That was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the top, maybe. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's more fun than watching a man throw himself into a volcano? Yeah. Name sure. one thing. Name one thing. I dare anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of ultimate sacrifices, Alex, on MVM Plus today, we are talking Marvel versus men, specifically Shang-Chi. Uh, we give our full off-the-cuff review of Shang-Chi, including some of our awards, our impressions, mm. our rating and ranking. And also, Alex, we'll talk a little bit about the new Spidey trailer and we'll get our impressions um, just off the glimpse that we've seen oh. for oh. the new Spider-Man movie that comes so, out next month. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a jumbo-sized episode. <laughs> this is going to be a jumbo-sized episode, for sure. Uh, and you can find that over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod uh, released same day. This podcast is out for any patron and then for our plus patrons a week early. Um, but let's get into our awards, Alex. Coolest character award. Who'd you have? Uh, yeah. So I had Obata for obvious reasons. He throws himself into a volcano. He fights off an alien force that uh, tries to control him and is like very congratulatory when it tries to control him. Like, hey, you're the first human. Like, way to go, dude. We got you now. And he, he probably feels pretty honored. But he decides to give up that mantle. And actually, no, he decides to go out on top. He gets to be the first and only human. And that's probably why he throws himself into the volcano. Uh, no, I like it. I like it. Obata oh, is a good character. <laughs> I mean... I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But there really is only one coolest character, Alex. I know. <laughs> and that is Kudo, who was played by Akira Kubo, who has come to be maybe my favorite of our Ashira Honda actors. I just love Akira Kubo. I think he's fantastic. And he has, for me, what is the standout scene of the entire movie. 
when he is protecting um uh he's protecting Ayako from the giant space crab and he takes on the crab by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shoots its eyes out and then he forces the crab to charge him and fall off the cliff as <laughs> he yes. grabs hold of a branch and does a gymnast swing. It's pretty awesome. It's right? awesome. He's a talented yeah. man. Talented man. But what's also impressive about this scene, Alex, is the way that he helps um, the way that he helps Ayako climb up uh, the side of the hill or the mountain there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just say, <laughs> I, I don't know if you noticed this, Alex, but let's just say he gets a nice feel of Ayako. Uh, <laughs> and as he's doing so, as he's doing so, I don't know if you heard this, but there's a literal spank sound effect. I did. I did. You did. Yes. <laughs> Not only, not only is he fighting off a giant crab, he's also getting some in the process, and it's pretty impressive. <laughs> I can't believe. Yeah, I actually had to rewind it. I was like, "Did that sound just no. happen?" <laughs> it wasn't a literal spank. That's the thing. No, it's like it was a, a push. You know, it yeah, was a push. It, it was but a push. They put a they put a spanking sound effect on it. It's very weird. It's very strange what happened. It was like there was one thing intended by Honda. And then the editor was like, I want to put this in here (laughs) and give it a whole other meaning. (laughs) Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, So good. What about your most memorable line award? (laughs) So this is shifting gears quite a bit, actually. This is a moment that I actually thought was kind of a profound moment. I said the messaging wasn't profound, but this is a character moment I really liked. And it came from the doctor um, who doesn't have a huge role in here, but is kind of this voice of reason uh, amongst this crew. And he has this moment where he starts to lose his cool. He starts to lose his cool. um, But then he realizes immediately that he's lost his cool. And he says to Ayako, I'm sorry, I'm afraid, I'm scared. And I I just like the progression of that. I'm sorry, I'm afraid, I'm scared. Um, Because we don't normally do that, right? We don't, we're not quick to apologize and then be vulnerable at the same time. But that's how you know that apology is meaningful is when the apology comes with some level of vulnerability, not justification, but vulnerability. And so taking that from afraid to scared was um, was that step into vulnerability, I thought. So I really liked that moment. Now, my question for you, though, Alex, so this was kind of funny. We were looking for this movie where we could watch it. Yeah. And you asked me if I had found any other version besides the dubbed version. No. I had it until today oh, when no. I watched this movie. I found the Japanese version. So I'm not even sure if that is the line that... It came oh in, in the English dub version, but that was how the line was translated in the Japanese version. Yeah, that's right. We we should have we should have told everybody, yeah, we had to watch the dub or at least I had to watch did, the dub yeah. version. <laughs> Eric uh cut me off of the knees and apparently lied to me on purpose. <laughs> no to make no, me less no. credible. No, no, no. I got it. Everyone now has seen your targeted ways and how you've done <laughs> me. Um that's good to know though. Um as for mine, mine. It's actually two lines. First is from the chieftain. The second is from Kudo. Chieftain says, 
<laughs> they walk into the ceremony. The chief looks over at them and says, Die, friends of the devil! And then Kudo <laughs> turns to everybody and he casually says, He's putting a curse on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's cursing us now. Yeah. Yeah. He's putting a curse on us. It's just like very uh, casually. It was like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, I'm going to give it to the crab. <laughs> um, so when the, when the crab's about to be dragged into the volcano, its mouth is like flapping in like panic. And it's mm-hmm. awesome. I felt mm-hmm. the crab's fear. I felt him reflecting on his entire history. And I just really connected to the crab in that moment. Yeah. I mean, you could do an entire film, just a flashback probably in that moment. Where the crab is remembering its better days. Um, yeah, like, like when it went to college, its first mm-hmm. love. Absolutely. It can be Absolutely. very cool. Very poignant. <laughs> Mike can't believe the acting award goes to Kenji Sahara, um, who I thought was awesome here. We've seen him not in this sort of role, but in mm-hmm. similar roles. Like we've seen bearded Sahara before, which I am a fan of. I, I like a good bearded <laughs> Kenji Sahara. But here, he has a lot to work with, right? So he, he gets right. the role that, that requires the best performance. And I think he gives that standout performance whenever he takes a turn um, and, gen- and becomes a legit monster through alien invasion. He <laughs> just the little <laughs> eyebrow raises that he makes the little turns of the mouth um, where he's almost facing the camera and the alien is speaking telepathically through him but he is still struggling to kind of retain his humanity despite that takeover you see all of that happening within him and it's really impressive so i've got to go with kenji sahara on this one Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the that's a good answer eric now what about your standout effect award standout effect um i've got to go with turtleneck uh Mm. (laughs) i i do like I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I, I was wondering why Gamera never tried to do anything. Well, I guess Gamera does do something in uh, Gamera versus Giran, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but, but you know, <laughs> this turtle really has the long neck effect and uses it um, on display several times. There were a couple others to choose from, I thought. There were the eyes being shot out um, from mm-hmm. Kudo's character which was neat. I also thought the squid ink um, in the water scene was pretty cool. Uh, how it kind of took over the entire screen. It yeah. had a really interesting image imagery right there. So there were several to choose from, but that turtleneck is going to stand out to me. It was just kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the crab, just the suit in general. There was a few times a lot of there's several times where you could tell that um, you know only two legs are operational, and that the rest of it's kind of floating. But there was a a good chunk of uh, of time where in certain camera shots where it looked like all the legs were working, and yeah. I thought that was really oh, yeah. cool. Uh, I was pretty impressed by that. Whenever they're able to get that to show off. You know, it reminds me a little bit of, speaking of Gamera, Alex, it reminds me a bit of Legion. Yeah. Um, Just a little bit. You see that comparison? I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just in the way that it kind of moved 
Um, really cool. Really cool. Yeah, you heard it um, here. Legion inspired <laughs> by the crab from this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So the crab was your acting. The crab was your standout effect. What's your? Oh, that's a good shot of Ward Alex. What's the crab? <laughs> <laughs> so there, the crab goes back to like I can't believe that acting with the crab's mouth fluttering but that shot of its face with the volcano behind it and you know it's about to go down I, cinema masterpiece right there but I, I said that really facetiously but I actually really liked it because it showed like all this it, it showed this thing losing its mind and it really showed off how creepy its mouth was and I just thought it was like a nice little showcase for that creature getting ready to mm-hmm. be burned alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Alex gets Alex gets one moment stuck in his head and uses it for all of his awards. It's, I think it's happened two weeks in a row now. <laughs> it's happened pretty frequently. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, my oh, that's a good shot award. I mentioned one shot earlier that I really liked. I thought about choosing that one, but there's another shot. Um, it's it's a, a shot of the beach uh, and some some of the islanders spread out across the beach with uh, flaming beacons for you know as far as you can see along the beach. And I don't know if you noticed this, Alex, but there was just a hint of a sunset. In the background, I did. I really appreciated, uh, but overall, I actually really did like the shot. Um, it was just, it was just felt real. Like it felt like this is what would happen. You'd have to set up guard uh, in this case, and it was just a really uh, well constructed shot. So that was my oh, that's a good shot award. Okay, I think that's a good pick. It's a good pick, Eric. Yeah, you knocked it out of the park. I, I, I'm a little upset that you refused to give the crab an award. Um, but I'm not going to hold it over your head for too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Alex, let's get into our rating and our ranking. What would you give this film? Um, where does it fit into Honda's filmography mm-hmm. as well? Is it a top tier, mid tier, bottom tier Honda film? What do you think? You know, I said at the beginning that I thought that this thing was probably bottom tier. And, you know, I don't know if that's actually true. It might just be in the middle. Because, like Ibra, it's kind of grown a little bit in my mind since I watched it. I'm not, if you know, I'd be lying if I said that after I watched it, I wasn't like, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was fine. It was fun. I had a good time. But the, I've thought about it all throughout the day today. And I've been like, you know what? I really liked like <laughs> a, good bit of, a good bit of the movie. Um, so... I think it's a little bottom. It's probably a lower mid tier for me, but that's not a bad place to be for a for a Honda film. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm. What's your what's your rating then, Alex? You know, I'm. I kind of just want to give it a three out of five, which is actually mm-hmm. I think exactly what we gave Ibra originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Okay. All right. I, I yeah, I can. I can. I'm really tempted to give it a 3.5. Yeah. Just because of how much fun it was. Yeah. Well, there are just some standout moments for me. Um, I I like these characters and I just like the cast. And it might be a little bit 
I'm returning to this specific cast and these specific characters in this sort of island adventure flick that we haven't done in a while. <laughs> but I found myself pretty immersed in my viewing of this film. This was made in 1970, the same year as The Vampire Doll, uh, coincidentally, Alex, that we did wow. last week. But um, completely different style. This isn't a horror film. This is an adventure film. And we get that sense of adventure if not terror in this movie. I did like the effects. I think the effects are a standout here. I do like the characters. I do want to say because a couple a couple weeks ago, um, I complained about Ifakube's score in War of the Gargantuas. I really liked Ifakube's score here, yeah. especially the opening theme. The opening theme was awesome. Um, I was like, oh, this is different. Uh, so that I actually was liked- cool. It was like a cacophony of sound that somehow yeah. was comprehensible. Oh, it was comprehensible. It was awesome. No, I really liked it. Like from the opening Toho uh, logo, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is cool. So <laughs> I liked his score as well for this film. I thought it fit the film a lot better than the War of Gargantua's um, one. So I- I'm on board with this film. Do I think it's profound? Really? No. Do I think <laughs> it's fun? Absolutely. So I'm I'm right there with you. I, I kind of go back between a three and a three and a half. Comparing it to some of the other Godzilla films um, that I've probably enjoyed about the same, it may be fair to give this a three out of five. Uh, so I, I think I'm with you. I think a three out of five. When thinking about the actual quality of the film, how much I enjoyed it, and where it compares to Godzilla films of the same quality. I think a three out of five is fair. Okay. Awesome. Look at that. Lockstep once again, Eric. Man. And what's going on? What's I know. Going we're on? just going to have to copy your audio and just make it play twice. Yeah. And then we just don't have to, I don't have to be on the episodes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are finished with our November pick month, Alex. Mm. Uh, our patron pick month of November. Now it is time to move into our holiday specials. And we've got two holiday specials that we are ready to reveal. Are you ready for these holiday specials, Alex? I'm ready. We've got, for next week, Gremlins, and for the week that follows, Gremlins (laughs) 2. So we are watching uh, the Gremlins films for our holiday specials. I have never seen them, Alex. Oh, you haven't? No, no. Oh, you're in for a treat. It's been a it's been a long time since I've seen them, but I remember Gremlins one pretty well. I don't think I was allowed to watch these growing up. There's so. there's there's some good reasons probably. They're <laughs> they're not quite the kids' movies they look they look to be. They still are uh-huh. a little bit, but like there's some. You know, yeah, yeah it's gonna be interesting. I don't want yeah. <laughs> to. I want to kind of enjoy watch it. it. I think Thea will be fine, actually. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, say that. Theo but watches then, Demon Slayer sometimes. So yeah. So so Theo's like ready for R-rated horror movies, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I was searching for Gremlins, Alex, and I mistakenly typed in Critters, which oh, is yeah, kind that's of another similar, series, but different. <laughs> yeah, it's very different. Yeah, um, different. yeah th- those are. I've only seen one of the Critters films, and it's only I only saw part of it. Yep. Well, do you have a rhyme prepared for Gremlins, Alex? 
Okay, yeah. The silence. Yeah. I yeah. Would, for the silence, <laughs> I would, <laughs> a prolonged silence there, Alex. So that is not a good sign. I'm trying to buy you some time here. What do I, you I, got? I got it. I got it. Okay. All right. All right. I, and, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm good. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so next week, we want to find out what these men lens think of the gremlins is <laughs> and what happens when you add water. Does the story falter or no? Or no, no. Or does it, when you add water, does it create fodder? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So water is their weakness, Alex? No. Water creates more. Oh, there we go. So it's the opposite (laughs) of science. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is, will gremlins be monsters versus men's? Or will these furballs be friends into trends? Oh. Like, will gremlins be monsters versus? Uh, like, yeah, will they, men's, like, men's is. I mean, it's a. <laughs> will it be monsters versus men's gremlins? I mean, I got that. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's perfect. I understood it. Wink, wink. <laughs> Uh, we we need to stop and go record MVM Plus Marvel versus Men today. I'm excited about that, Alex. Oh, uh, me too. It's it's in high demand. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off the cuff episodes, including this week's Marvel vs. Men. If you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try to stay alive. I, I gotta tell you something. Okay. I got I got a boy coming in May. No. <laughs> Do you really, dude? Yeah.